My name is Adam Tarno. Glad to be here with you guys this morning. I um, wanted to start off talking about, we're going to be in Psalm 69 this morning, and so I uh, was thinking about this psalm, if you guys have read it, as I'm sure you guys have, in preparation for this morning. There's a lot of talk of vengeance and revenge, uh, potentially uh, some revenge in this particular psalm. And so as I was thinking about how to start off this morning, I was thinking about uh, different stories or things that I've seen in my life where people have tried to take revenge and maybe it didn't go well. And so one story popped into my mind, and it's a story that I actually could probably only share here at Summit uh, early in the morning uh, around a group of men. And so that means it's mildly inappropriate. And so if you guys are okay with that, that's what I'll start with. Uh, I did get permission to share this story. But anyway, so it's a fraternity. This is going to be a fraternity story. So I was in college, went to Clemson University. Uh, Clemson is a state school in the state of South Carolina. So state schools could not have fraternity houses on campus. And so what the campus did is they gave us dorms. They allowed us to put our letters out in front of the dorm. And so all the brothers could live in the same dorm. So we're all living in this one dorm. And there was one guy in particular uh, this one year that he loved to prank everybody on our hall that we were living on. We were all on the second floor. And one of his favorite pranks to do was when he was in the shower, he would love to just get out of the shower, not put any towel on, and just run up and down the hallway and knock on people's doors. And when they opened up, he would moon them or just kind of, which, you know, uh, he was already naked. So he would just kind of turn around and let them see different parts of, of, uh, of his underside. And so it was, uh, it, you could always, I always knew when this was happening. And so the guy that did this, uh, I'll tell you his name because you'll never meet him. Maybe his name was Adam, not me. Uh, but if any of you guys have ever heard the story that I shared, I think last fall, he was the guy that led me to Christ. But anyway, so uh, this was what he would do. <laughs> And, and this was the prank that he would play on guys. And so if I was ever sitting in my dorm room and I just heard these, these men screaming loudly, I knew it was, it was Landrum going around mooning people. Well, there was one guy on my hall that hated this prank. He hated it, hated it, hated it. His name was Justin. And so one day Justin decided that he was going to get revenge. And so Justin, when he got out of the shower, he had the towel around his waist, and he was walking down the hallway. He went down to Adam's room, knocked on the door, and Adam's roommate was in there, and he was like, hey, where's Adam? And, and he said, oh, Adam's down in Chris's room. And so Justin was like, all right, I'm going down to Chris's room. So he walked down to Chris's room, knocked on the door. He heard Adam say, yeah, come in. He opened up the door, and he saw Adam sitting right there. And he said, great. And so he flung the door open and he got his towel off of his waist and he proceeded to moon. And then uh, at that point, Justin heard a scream, but it was from a young lady. And what, what Justin didn't know is that as he opened that door, he just saw Adam sitting right there. But what he didn't know is that one of our fraternity sweethearts was sitting on the couch watching television with Chris. And, uh, and she saw a very unfortunate side of Justin that morning. And I don't know if she's ever recovered from it. I don't know if she can still look him in the eyes or anything like that. But it was just this reminder to me that uh, revenge rarely pays off. It sounds like a great idea. Sounds like a great idea. But when you try to execute revenge, when you try to execute retribution, it oftentimes will go wildly wrong. And so I was thinking about my friend Justin, and I was thinking about Psalm 69, and I was like, hey, my, my friend Justin would have saved himself from a tremendous amount of embarrassment if he would have known Psalm 69. Because if he would have known Psalm 69, he would have known that it is not his job to right the wrongs that are committed against him. If he would have known this psalm, he would have known that it is not his job. God has not given him the responsibility 
to right the wrongs that were committed against him, when people have made decisions that are negatively impacting him and that he's a victim of, it is not his job. Now, that's a ridiculously silly example, but the fact of the matter is, is that Psalm 69 is absolutely one of those psalms that every guy should know. And the reason why this is such an important psalm for you and I to know is because we've all faced a situation that is a lot more serious but also very similar to what my friend Justin faced. Every single one of us in the room at one point in our life, or we very, and if maybe if we haven't recently, we will very soon in our life, but every single one of us has faced a situation where we are a victim of somebody else's decision. Maybe it's at work, maybe it's at home, maybe it's in your community group, maybe it's in your friend group, maybe it's with your extended family, maybe it's in your neighborhood, maybe it's with the baseball team that you're coaching or the soccer team that you're coaching right now, but every single one of us either has or very soon will be the victim of somebody else's decision where we're gonna be wrongly accused of something, where we're gonna be a victim. And in those situations, we are gonna be faced with a choice. And that choice is basically, it's this, are we going to seek the Lord in these situations where we've been victimized, or are we going to seek revenge? And so we face this situation, and King David has faced this situation over and over and over again. He was constantly picked on, bullied, and victimized by the decisions of other people. And so one of the many examples of King David is captured here in Psalm 69. And what's amazing, though, is that if you look at David's life, not just what we see in this psalm, but if you were going to read through First and Second Samuel and uh, just look at David's life in totality, I think we could all say that David was not a guy that was known for taking revenge. Not a guy that was known for taking revenge. And so as we're going to look at this one specific situation that David was facing, we're going to see, and I've just kind of picked out, we're not going to go through this whole psalm again. I, I trust that you guys have read it. You've gone through the study guide. You've wrestled with some of the interpretive challenges that are in there. This is an imprecatory psalm. There's going to be a part in the middle of this psalm where David is calling down some curses on those people who are victimizing him. And so we're going to, we're going to deal with all of that. But one of the things that we're going to see, or really I'm going to try to draw out three things in here. I, I see three reasons why David sought the Lord and didn't seek revenge. And I think these things are incredibly encouraging. They were to me as I was preparing, and I hope that they will be for you as well. So if you've got the psalm, let's pull it out. If you've got your, uh, your notebook there, I think it's, the text is in there. And so, uh, so this psalm starts off with David kind of being very dramatic and very uh, poetic about the situation that he's in. And so he's talking about these waters have come up into his neck, up to his neck. He's sinking in this deep mire. There's no foothold. He's in this deep water that is starting to sweep over him. He's weary. He's crying out. His throat is parched. His eyes are growing dim. His enemies are more than the numbers of hair on his head. And those people are out there and they are attacking him with lies and they're saying that he has stolen and he now must restore. So David is the victim of somebody else's decision right now. He is being picked on. He is being bullied. But yet he did not seek revenge. He sought the Lord. And I think the very first clue that we see as to why it was that it, when he faced this situation, he chose to seek God and not seek revenge. I think the very first clue is right here in verse 5. Look what he says here in verse 5. So he just talked about how bad his situation is. And this is what he says to God. Oh, God. You know my folly. The wrongs I have done are not hidden from you. And so the first point that I want to make this morning or the first observation that I want to make as to why David chose to seek the Lord and not to seek revenge is this, is David knew that he wasn't innocent. 
So David may have been innocent in this very uh, specific instance. So in this particular circumstance, David maybe didn't ask for these people to come after him. And so David was maybe innocent in this particular situation. But one thing that we know about David is that David knew that he was not an innocent man. He has not forgotten Psalm 51. David knew that his sins were out there. They have been recorded for us. And now thousands of years later, we still know that David, although he was a man after God's own heart, we know that David was not perfect. He was normal. He was just like you and me. And so David knew that he was not an innocent man. And so David had some choices to make as the way he was looking at this situation. He had some places in life where he could stand that were going to be impacting his perspective. And so he could stand over here in the shadow of his self-righteousness. And he could stand in the shadow of his self-righteousness and look at this situation and get all prideful and sit there and go, hey, look, I've done nothing. I'm innocent in this situation. These people are victimizing me. And so I am going to seek revenge. If he was standing in the shadow of his self-righteousness, that's what he could do. But David knew that he was not an innocent man, and so he didn't stand over there in the shadow of his self-righteousness. He stood over there, and he looked at this perspective, standing in the shadow of God's mercy. Which for those of us in this room that are following Jesus Christ, life looks really different when you're standing in the shadow of the cross, not standing in the shadow of your own self-righteousness. Because when you're standing in the shadow of the cross, you can look at the exact same situation, and you can understand, hey, yeah, I'm being victimized right now. Right now, I'm at their mercy, but I'm not a perfect man. I'm not a perfect person. I'm not going to well up with pride right now. I am a guy who has made some very similar mistakes. I've I've done some similar things. I'm a guy who is undeserved, a guy who has received mercy, and I have not received mercy, or not deserved mercy, so that I can extend that to other people. And so David knew that he wasn't innocent. It's like a picture like this. You know, so, so many different things in life. Let's put this picture up there of the baseball card. So that, that picture looks very different depending on where you're standing, right? From where you guys are sitting and where you're standing right now, what that looks like is a 1987 Topps Bo Jackson future star, right? How many people had that baseball card growing up? We thought, yeah, we thought back in the 80s when we were collecting baseball cards and we were gonna pay for our kids' college with those cards. That card's worth about a dollar right now, okay? So uh, nobody's paying for college with their cards from the 80s. Anyway, that looks like a 1987 Topps Bo Jackson future star. From there, it looks like maybe a little bit of a pixelated, kind of worn out baseball card from that perspective. If you were to zoom up really, really close, if, you're, if you were to get like right here and you were to start looking at this picture, what you would realize is that's a picture mosaic. That's actually made up, that is a picture that is made up of thousands of baseball cards, Thousands of baseball cards. The closer you get to that, the more you would see the complexities of that picture, and you would see that that is a thousand baseball cards that come together. But from where you're standing, it looks like one baseball card. And I just say that just to illustrate this point, that depending on where you're standing, that, that impacts your perspective. And so if we're standing in the shadow of our own self-righteousness, we're going to look at the things that are done against us, and we're going to well up with pride, and we're going to want to seek revenge. But if we're standing in the shadow of God's mercy... We're going to look at that differently, and we're going to realize it's not our job. It's not for us to seek revenge when people wrong us. It is for us to do something else and to seek the Lord. And so that's the first clue that I see. If we move on, so now after verse 5, David is admitting that he's not an innocent man, and then he goes on in verses 6, really through about 12 or 13, and he's talking about just how grieved he is by God's reputation being defamed because people are coming after him. 
and they're making fun of him, and they're uh, angry with him, and how he is worried about how other followers of God are being reproached because of him, and how God's reputation is being blasphemed because of him. And then in verse 13, he moves on, and he starts to change up his tune a little bit. In verses 13 through about verse 21, he is asking for help. He's changing his tune. He's saying, all right, God, I need you to help me right now. Verse 17 through 21, we we get to really see here, David is hurt by this situation. I mean, these these reproaches in verse 20, it says, they have broken his heart. He's in despair. These things that people have done against him, he's not just, he's emotionally involved in all of this. He's looking for pity, but none was there. He's looking for comforters, and he has not found any. They've given poison for food, and they've given him sour wine to drink, which many would say that this is what Jesus when he drank the sour wine on the cross that Jesus was thinking about Psalm 69, verse 21, right there before he gave up his spirit. But then here in in verse 22 through 28, I think we see our second clue as to why David was able to choose seeking the Lord and not seeking revenge. So here, this is where David is calling down these curses on those who are victimizing him. Look at this in verse 22. Let their own table before him be a snare. For when they are at peace, let it become a trap. Their eyes, let their eyes be darkened so they cannot see. Make their loins tremble continuously. Pour out your indignation. It is early, man. Indignation upon them and let your burning anger overtake them. May their camp be a desolation. Let no one dwell in their tents. For they persecute him whom you have struck down and they recount the pain of those you have wounded. Add to them punishment upon punishment. May they have no acquittal from you. Let them be blotted out from the book of the living, and let them not be enrolled among the righteous. And so we see here David calling down these curses on these people. This is a little bit of a challenge as we go through this, a little bit of a challenge, but I think there's a couple things here. The second point that I want to make from this, because I think this is a clue as to why David sought the Lord and he didn't seek revenge, and the second point is this, is that he knew vengeance was not his job. David knew vengeance was not his job. And so a few things are going on in this passage right here. And and so the first one thing that we need to to know is that David is just being honest. David is just being honest. That's one uh, one of the things about the Psalms that is so comforting is that we can be so honest with our emotions when we don't think life is going well, when we're frustrated, when we feel like we're victims, we can just pour our hearts out and our frustrations to God. And so that's part of what David is doing here. He is just being honest. And so you and I in these situations, we can be honest too. But, but the New Testament authors pick up on what David is talking about right here, specifically Paul in Romans chapter 11, and we get another indication of what, of what uh, David is doing here. And another thing that he is doing here when he's calling down his, these curses is that David is being a little prophetic here. He's talking about this day when God is going to come back on the scene and he's going to uh, right all the wrongs. This day when, when uh, judgment, this final judgment is going to happen, and Paul picks up on this section of Psalm 69 and says, hey, listen, what David is doing here is he is uh, uh, prophetically like foreshadowing the judgment that is going to happen for all of God's enemies one day when he comes back to judge the wicked and to judge the good. And so some of what David is doing here is he is just being honest. Some of what he is doing here is he is being prophetic But really what David is doing here too that is so relevant for you and I is what David is saying here is David is not saying that he wants to personally get revenge on these people. David is asking God to seek vengeance on these people. So what we see here is that David 
David is showing a tremendous amount of trust in God. In fact, this is what Paul picked up on in Romans chapter 12. Listen to what Paul says here in Romans chapter 12 about revenge. Romans chapter 12, verses 19 through 21, he says, Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. And do not be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. So David was praying for God's vengeance, but that is very different than plotting his own revenge. David, what David knew, David knew that there was going to be a day where all the wrongs were gonna be righted, and it was not his job. God did not say, David, it is your job to seek revenge on these people. That is my job. And so we see that David knew that he wasn't innocent, and so that's why he chose to seek the Lord and not seek God. We see that David knew that vengeance wasn't his job, and so that's why he chose to seek the Lord and not his job, or, or to seek the Lord and not revenge. And so let's move on and see the last clue as to how it was that David was able to seek after God and not seek revenge. So here it was. He called down these curses at the end of verse 28, and then in verse 29, he changes his mind, changes his direction, and he ends this psalm just praising the Lord. He praises the name of God in song. He wants to be humble. He wants to seek after God in verse 32. And then he ends this psalm. He ends this psalm, and we see our last clue here, what it was that allowed David to not seek revenge. And look at how he ends here in verse 34 through 36. This is what he says. Let heaven and earth praise him in the seas and everything that moves in them. For God will save Zion and build up the cities of Judah, and the people shall dwell there and possess it. The offspring of his servants shall inherit it, and those who love his name shall dwell in it. And so what David did here is he ended this psalm, and, the, and, and here's how he ended it. He ended it by looking at eternity. He ended it by looking at eternity. And so the third clue as to how David was able in this situation where he was the victim of somebody else's decision, how was he able to choose to seek the Lord and not seek revenge? And the third one is this, is that David knew, David knew the game was not over. David knew the game was not over. David knew that one day, one day this mess, it was all going to be sorted out. One day all the wrongs were going to be righted. One day all the errors were going to be fixed. One day the ignorant, one day they were going to be made wise. It's as if this, it's as David knew, David knew that there is uh, really like nothing, no, no score that, that is more worthless than the score at halftime, Right? I found this image, if you want to put this last image up there. I mean, imagine that. So that was some uh, Fox News or ABC News station. They put that on social media at halftime. All the Falcons fans at halftime in the Super Bowl were feeling pretty great, right? But what we know now, we can look at that now, and the reason you guys can laugh now is because nothing is more irrelevant and worthless than the score at halftime because we know that that game is not over. There was still a lot of football left to be played, and, they, and the Patriots still had Tom Brady. And what David is basically saying here is, hey, listen, it may look like other people are winning right now. It may look like the bad guys are winning right now, but it's halftime. There's coming a day. There's coming a day where all this mess is going to be sorted out. 
All these wrongs are going to be righted. All these foolish people are going to be made wise. Everybody's going to see the error of their ways one day. And it's all going to work out. And in the end, we know who wins. And it is not the bad guys. We know who wins. It is God. And so David knew that he was not an innocent man. David knew that vengeance was not his job. He trusted the Lord. And David knew that there was, the game wasn't over. He knew that one day... This was all going to be sorted out, and it was all going to be okay. And so those are three, three clues, I think, as to how David, being a victim of, of somebody else's decisions, how he could choose to seek after the Lord and not seek vengeance. And so those are so relevant for us today when we're facing these situations that we can remember, we can stand in the shadow of the cross, not stand in the shadow of our own self-righteousness, and remember that we too are men who have been treated mercifully. That we can remember when we've been wronged, we can remember it is not our job to seek out revenge. It is not our job to right all of these wrongs. It is our job to report the wrongs. It is not our job to right the wrongs. And so we can trust God. Vengeance is his. And when it looks like all of these people that are victimizing us, when it looks like they're winning, we just got to remember it's halftime. It's halftime. And nothing is more irrelevant. No score is more irrelevant than halftime. So... The moral of the story with going back to my friend Justin is this, is just keep your pants up, all right? <laughs> don't go around mooning people. Don't try, don't try to take revenge and mooning people, okay? There will come a day. There's going to come a day where the every, it's, it's all going to be worked out. There's going to come a day where your wife is going to realize you're right, all right? <laughs> it's coming, I promise you. And there's going to come a day where we realize we've really been wrong on a lot of things too, right? So that's it. We can be humble. We can remember our job. And we can remember that this game ain't over. And because it's not over, we can trust him and we can seek him. Revenge doesn't pay. It never has and it never will. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for David. Thank you for the example that he is for us. And Lord, um, I just pray that we will be men who remember that we have unfairly received mercy from you. And so, God, I pray that you will protect us from standing in the shadow of our own self-righteousness where the world just looks like uh, people aren't acting like us, and so it is our job to take revenge on them. I pray that we will not stand in that shadow, but we will stand in the shadow of the cross and that we will remember, God, that we have unfairly received mercy, and so we are to be people who give out mercy to other undeserving people. God, I pray that you will help us to remember that it is not our job to seek vengeance. It's our job to pray for our enemies and to love our enemies, as Jesus told us. And so, God, I pray that you will help us to trust you, that one day you're going to make all this right. And I pray, Lord, that you will comfort us by the thought of eternity, to know that one day all the wrongs will be righted, all the errors are going to be fixed, all the foolish are going to be made wise. And so help us trust you until then. And so, God, that's our prayer. That's what we ask. And we thank you for Psalm 69. We thank you for David. And we thank you for your son, Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.